Hello, I'm Ivan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Amberlite Public Speaking Podcast. This is episode 11, Memorization Techniques Part 2. Before we start, I just wanted to let you know that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes as well as Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course, all good podcasting applications. If you fancy leaving a review, that's great too, especially if it's five stars. Hint, hint. I also want you to know that I really appreciate your support of this podcast. The primary way to support the podcast is to buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app for iPhone and iPad. With this app, you can practice your speeches and ensure they run to time. And you can also use it to time speakers at your Toastmasters or debating club. I won an evaluation contest this week at the Toastmasters area level. Thank you. Yes, I'm very happy about it. Throughout all of my rehearsals, I used Amberlight Speech Timer to time how long I had to write notes and then used it again to time my evaluations. This was so valuable because it kept me very disciplined on my time management. Try it out. You should find it useful too. Also, it's not expensive. About one fifty in the UK, about $2 in the US. So head over to amberlightapp.com. That's amberlightapp.com to read more about it and watch some demo videos. The link is also in the show notes. I'll talk about some other ways you can support the podcast if you've already bought the app at the end of the episode. Now, on with the show. This episode is a continuation of what I've talked about in part one, so if you've not heard that yet, I suggest you go and check that out first, otherwise this might not make much sense. In this episode, I want to talk about ordering your memories, and then I want to talk about how to use memorization techniques as effectively as possible. Advice one, ordering your memories. In the previous episode, I talked about how you can memorize numbers and phrases. This is useful, but it has its limits because we don't just want to remember things, we want to remember things in the right order. This is where another technique comes in called the Loki method, L-O-C-I. Loki is Latin and means places. It was a technique that originated with the ancient Greeks, who apparently were very keen on reciting things from memory. In fact, it was common for people in ancient Greece to be able to recite poems that, when printed in a standard paperback book, would cover hundreds of pages. The Loki technique is very simple. You take a journey that's very familiar to you and follow that journey in your mind. Along the way, you visualize objects that represent the things you need to recall. This way, you remember the right things in the right order. Let me give you an example. Let's say I want to remember the wives of Henry VIII in the right order. Firstly, I need an image to represent each wife. So these are the mental pictures I'm going to use. So Catherine of Aragon, I'm going to imagine a spice bottle. Well, really, it's a herb bottle. Um, but, you know, the um, what they call Schwartz herbs and spices. So I'm going to see a Schwartz bottle of tarragon. So that's going to represent Catherine Aragon. For Anne Boleyn, I'm going to have a bowling ball. Boleyn, bowling. Yeah. 
Jane Seymour. I went back and forth on this one a little bit. I did think at one point Seymour binoculars. Okay, it's a bit weak, but but then I thought, well, there's the actress Jane Seymour, and she was in one of the Bond films, um, Live and Let Die. And I'm quite an expert on Bond films, and I, I, I love the Bond films. So I'm going to picture C- Jane Seymour as she was in Live and Let Die. And that's who's going to represent Jane Seymour. Anne of Cleves, I'm going to picture a big pile of leaves as if they'd been swept up on an autumn day. So they're going to be golden brown. Big pile of leaves, massive pile of leaves. Because it rhymes with Cleves. Catherine Howard. I'm going to picture as Howard the Duck. Which again is probably a little bit of an odd one to some of you. There was a film. I've never actually seen the film. I've just seen clips from it. But there was a film called Howard the Duck. And this character, Howard the Duck, was actually a, a talking duck. And the way they did the makeup and everything to represent him was just awful but that's great for me because it's very memorable so i'm going to say howard the duck for Catherine howard and then Catherine parr obvious one this a golf club because obviously when people play golf they want to achieve par right so that's the one i'm going to go for there so now i have my images i can use the loki technique to put them in order and i'm going to use my journey to work that's very familiar to me to put these images in order so I'll just talk you through it I leave my house and on my doorstep I almost trip over a bottle of tarragon I walk down the road and I pass a park where a child is knocking over plants with a bowling ball at the entrance to the train station I see Jane Seymour handing out tickets I get on my train and in the middle of the carriage is a huge pile of brown leaves. So big that some of them just pour out of the door every time the door opens. And then, once the train leaves the station, a guy walks over to the pile and starts thrashing them with a golf club. Now this little story won't win many awards, but it is memorable and it gets every item in the right order. For you, this won't seem very memorable, but that's because you can't see the root. So try it yourself. First, think of objects that represent the wives of Henry VIII to you, and then drop these objects onto a very familiar root. Then go and do something distracting for an hour, and then see how many of them you can remember in the right order. You might be surprised at how well you do. If you do struggle making this work, then there may be a few reasons. The objects and the context you put them in must be weird, incongruous. For example, the bottle of tarragon seems weird when it's on my doorstep, but if I'd put it in a shop or a kitchen, then it fits in with its surroundings too well and becomes forgettable. Making the objects interact with their environment in a weird way makes them more solid in your mind. So don't be scared to add a little more detail. For example, it wasn't enough for me to just plonk the bowling ball in the park. I had a kid knocking down plants with it. It just makes it that bit more memorable. Another thing to be careful of with this technique is to ensure the places you pick in which to put objects are truly memorable. 
if there's a house you pass and it's exactly like every other house, it won't be a memorable place. Always go for something out of the ordinary. An interesting thing about this technique is that you can use it to temporarily store memories. I've read about the people who do feats of memory where they remember whole packs of cards in order. I'm sure you've seen these guys on TV. They usually have a journey with 52 positions in it in which they can place an image for each card. That's how they do it. Each time they memorise a pack of cards, they simply reuse the same journey again. It's a pretty neat trick. Recently, as I mentioned earlier, I was doing evaluation competitions and I like to try and work without notes if I can. I have a set of mental images for each thing I discuss and then I place them in each room of my apartment and always go through them in the same order. So that makes it easier for me to remember what I'm talking about. Remember in part one when I talked about creating a running order for your speech? Now you can use the Loki method to set that running order in your mind. In brief, the Loki technique can be a nice, quick way to store memories so that you can always recall them in the order that you need. Advice two, memorization. When most folk want to memorize something, they get it all wrong. They get the text they need to memorize and then read from the page again and again and again and again. This doesn't work very well. It's like hoping to get better at playing tennis by watching other people play tennis. But the confusion is understandable. What we call memorization should really be called recall. Our brains can be pretty good at remembering things. The problem is recalling them from our minds exactly when we need them. If recall is a muscle, then the only way we can make it stronger is by exercising it. When we want to commit a speech to memory, what we really need to do is get practiced at recalling it. Here's how to do it. Take a paragraph of your speech, no more than four or five sentences. Read the paragraph. Create visuals for each key part of each sentence. Read the paragraph a couple more times as you think of the visuals. Now, put the speech down, out of sight, and try to recall the paragraph from beginning to end. Hopefully, it worked. If it didn't, go back and come up with stronger visuals and just try again. The key thing here, what we're trying to achieve, is getting off script as quickly as possible and working from memory as quickly as possible. Once you do that, you're doing the part that matters most, recall. Once you have that working, the next thing to work out is how often you should practice recall. I would say that once you've recalled a paragraph three times in a row, then don't try again for five minutes, then 10 minutes, then half an hour, and then try once every hour until the next day. After that, once every day or half day should be enough. What you need to do is gradually increase the space between each recall. Again, it's like a muscle, and the way we make a muscle stronger is by making it work harder. With muscles, it's bigger and bigger weights. With memory, it's longer and longer gaps. You'll find that once you can recall something after a long gap, 
the more strongly remembered it is. The trick is to try and recall something just at the point where you've nearly forgotten it. One thing to be careful of here is this. When attempting recall, don't be tempted to give up easily. If it takes 30 seconds for the memory to spring to mind, then it's better to take that long than to quickly just give up and go back to the script. Make your brain work hard. Make it stretch and flex. If it takes a long time to recall on this occasion, it will probably come back to you much quicker next time. The harder your brain works, the stronger the memories will be. These are basic techniques, but they're very valuable and can be applied to lots of different situations. They do take practice, so it's best to find excuses to use them again and again. Try them out and have fun with them. I hope you found that useful. And if you did, I hope you'll spend a moment to support this podcast. As mentioned before, you can buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app by going to amberlightapp.com. That's amberlightapp.com. Additionally, there is a Twitter account where the name is amberlightapp, all one word, amberlightapp. Consider following the account and retweeting some of the tweets there, especially if they're about the app or the podcast. A recent development is a LinkedIn page. I'm posting some great content over there at the moment, and if you frequent LinkedIn, then I'm sure you'll find it useful. Just search for Amberlight Speech Timer on LinkedIn and follow the page. Amberlight is also on Google Plus and Facebook, so some likes on there would be really helpful as well. That's all for this episode. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode. All the best. Bye.